podcast. I'm your host, Scott, running solo today, all by myself. Lexi cannot make it here today, but we have a lot of baseball to talk about, so we should get right into it. Of course, starting with the Yankee things, we got to talk about what's been on everybody's mind, what's been on everybody's news feeds. This whole series with the Toronto Blue Jays. So I don't know how much detail I need to go into it. I think everybody's seen it everywhere. Whole thing, Aaron Judge stares over to what people think is a first base coach. I don't believe it's a first base coach. I think it's a little far to be a first base coach. Um, Aaron Judge said it, that it was his teammates in the dugout, somebody chirping, which honestly I think is logical with where he was looking. It was very far right to be a first base coach. Um, but, you know, he hits a home run. Honestly, he hits a home run uh, on a cock shot slider, which I'm surprised anybody would be, you know, I'm surprised that anybody's questioning that. I'd understand at the pitch before, he took a very good slider outside, but then a slider left middle low that Aaron Judge hit far. I'm surprised anybody is questioning that. He does that for a living. You're giving the reigning MVP a slider down the dick. Is going to get hit pretty far. But we saw a lot more come from that series as a whole. Aaron Judge then goes 448 the next game, breaks a part of the sign. And then game three, they just lo- uh, they lost off of a walk-off three-run homer. Honestly, that game was, a, that was an amazing game. Great pitching duel. Chris Bassett has been on something recently uh, to absolutely start tearing up everything. Um, he's doing so well, and I got to get props to him on that. Cole didn't do his best, but still six innings of no earned is really, really good. He didn't have his punch out things. He is still, I think, two strikeouts away from career number 2,000. So he's right there, right around the corner. He's going to be getting it most likely Tuesday, unless somehow things get around, but you never know. But most likely we'll be seeing it then, which is great for him. Uh, And that was really just, uh, game three is probably the most special game that I'd like to talk about real quick before getting into into the rest of the series, summaries and all that. It was a duel. I, I mean, that that was that's all you could say. We saw great pitching all around, uh, you know, going 0-0 throughout the entire game until Awande Peralta um, just let one a little too much in the zone for um, Jansen. Oh, I'm blanking on his first name. I almost said Kenley. Um, but just for a home run, just get over the fence, but... You can't win them all. Game four, we come back. Um, we really didn't have the best offense we had, um, but a late Anthony Volpe homer gives us the padding. And, and with a weak bullpen, Nestor gave us his first very good start in a while. Six innings of, I think, two earned runs, um, You know, which is, which is really all we could ask for. Or one earned, I think. Uh, one or two. I, I honestly don't remember. Um, but... You know, that's a good start, and that's a a good look to what, where Nestor's coming back to. He gave us padding to be able to use the rest of our bullpen. Brian, uh, Ryan Weber went in. Uh, we saw Abreu go in, and Marinaccio close it out. Look, I will talk about that 
a little later, our, our pitching situation. But I want to get back to the whole thing of kind of our rivalry that we're seeing with the Blue Jays. Something we saw last year with the whole playoff things coming around. This is our house, things like that. Us winning the division in Balt or in Toronto. Uh, you know, it's it's the new rivalry, I think. You know, you have the Boston Red Sox and the Yankees being a you know, that historic rivalry. But I think that's a new aged one the Yankees have, have created. Um you know, just because, you know, it's a, it's a young, chippy team, the Blue Jays are. Um, but there's just been there's been a lot of talk both sides, um, you know, and I think it, it actually creates a lot of entertainment and a lot of tension between the two, a lot more than it does the Red Sox and the Yankees because the Blue Jays are at least competitive, or at least have been the last few years, competitive record-wise to the Yankees as compared to the Red Sox this year is a little bit different. Everybody's about the same playing field, but you get kind of get what I mean by, you know, it's been, it's been a real competition of, of who wins, who loses. Now this whole, you know, controversy about Aaron judge looking away. I think that was like, like, first of all, yeah, I think it's weird that he looks away. Um, there are things that people are like, it's a focus thing of you look, a, you can't look at something for too long. Cause then you lose focus. So you look away, you look back to gain your focus again. I believe that. I believe... I mean, I don't think what he did... If it was illegal, I'd like to say, it wasn't anything, like, badly, badly. It's not even... I don't think it was anything illegal. I should just say that. It wasn't anything illegal. What it was, was it could have been seen as, I guess, Bush League. They thought first base coach was tipping pitches, whatever the heck... But, again, that's not something that is against rules. As long as you're not using anything, any foreign, like electronic, or anything like that, then you are fine. Be, be better as a team, be better as a pitcher, as a catcher, as a coach, all around. You can stop that. And in the same boat, the next game, you know, us yelling at each other uh, about, um, you know, where coaches can stand and can't stand and you're having to go and bring the MLB into it. It's just the most childish thing. It's the most petty and childish thing that, you know, I've seen in a while, I think, in baseball. Like, you understand there's a whole thing of, of you know, coaches don't sit in the coach's box anymore because, you know, the ball is going to come at you at 110 miles an hour. You know, you need room to, to react, especially some of those old men out there. Um, but, like, it's, it's just such a childish thing, I think, to do. But, you know, people people will say what they want to say. I don't know how. I'm still questioning how getting closer to home gives you either a better angle of the pitcher's glove or the catcher's mitt. I feel like the closer you are to even or behind them, you get a better angle. If you're, if you're closer to behind the pitcher, you're able to see the catcher better. But if you're closer to even with the pitcher, then I feel like you're going to be able to see their hands better, the ball better. But I feel like being in front of the pitcher doesn't give you a, a, a good angle. I don't know how this pitcher was was standing unless he was trying to, you know, get down the third, uh, first baseline to be able to kind of peek around. I don't know. But I feel like no matter what he did, it, it probably would have been more productive to stay even with him than go up and ahead of the box. But 
whatever. That all happened. Another thing that happened was Domingo Armand getting uh, now suspended for substance. Gets caught in the third inning of his outing. Uh, it was a no, I think it was like a one hit or no hit outing at that point, but through three. Um, and he gets taken out on his way out. They check his hand. Another umpire comes over, check his hand. Another, another, another. All umpires end up going and looking at his hand and ejecting him. Apparently, this is the same crew that called him out last week uh, and told him that he needed to go and wash it off. And this week, they said it was the stickiest they've ever felt. Will I believe this? Yes. I don't think there's anything against it, and I think that that shows of Irman going and just accepting it. He said it was just rosin. I mean, there's nothing to tell what it was. Um... Now that it's passed, I mean, all you could do is see how sticky it was from the videos. And honestly, it didn't look that bad, but you can't see everything from camera angles. To continue talking about our pitching situation, we have realized that we don't really have, I realize that we don't really have a closer. I mean, I think that's something that everybody has noticed. It's very much obvious, but I noticed it mostly tonight. We ran Ron Marinaccio. Like it was mostly because we didn't have pitching, because uh, we were out with most of our bullpen. But Clay Holmes has been coming in the seventh. Wanda Pross has pitched the ninth. Michael King's pitched the ninth. Marinacci has pitched the ninth. And that's what hurts teams, I feel, is not having that secure closer that you can rely on and not having a person who is adjusted to big moments in late, late, that late in games. Um, to the point where, you know, it kind of gets me nervous a little bit. We saw Clay Holmes have a good outing uh, the other day. I think it was last night, actually, or two nights ago, um, when he came in in the 7th. Is it the 7th or the 8th? He came in, and he pitched really well. And he's done that a few times when he's coming in the middle of the game. And I don't know if it's a pressure thing or what it is, but all that he needs to figure out is just throwing the ball in the zone. Let the guys hit it because his stuff is so nasty that nobody else will touch it. That's really all I wanted to say about that closing situation. I mean, we have a long time till the trade deadline. Trade rumors can all happen. We still have a long time for that. But I do want to stick with pitchers going to our injury report because there are plenty. Start off with the pitchers, as I was saying. We saw Ian Hamilton leave the middle of Wednesday night's game with a apparent groin injury. He was put on the 15-day, if I am correct. Uh, no, sorry. He is expected to miss about four weeks. So a little more. A little more than a nice 15-day. Um, which is rough, especially with how good Ian Hamilton was pitching for us. I mean, this is a guy who's really come out of nowhere him and um, Jimmy Cordero both have come in so well for us and have done a really good job. Ian Hamilton this year, one two three ERA, 22 innings pitched, 30 Ks. I mean, that's something that you don't see, especially from somebody that has mostly bounced around from teams. White Sox in 2018, White Sox in 2020, Twins in 2022. Now the Yankees. So a guy who's hopped around a lot, really found his, his groove now, uh, but is that's a big setback. 
of going into and and hurting his groin and now four weeks out will be a bit of a tough blow for us, but I don't think it'll be too bad um, because I think we have enough bullpen depth right now, except, of course, that you know position of a closer. Um, that can hold us over for a little bit. Um, and this whole Herman thing that happened is he's going to be suspended, I think, two weeks. Um, but it's coming not at a terrible time because Luis Severino is going to start Sunday versus the Reds. That was per Jack Curry. He just made a Somerset appearance on Tuesday. He was set like on Sunday, last Sunday. I think he was sent from Scranton to Somerset, which I always think is funny because it seems bad, but it's actually good because you're bringing him closer to the stadium. So he made one outing um, at Somerset. Actually, we'll look up how he did there. In this game, Severino went three and a third, six hits, two earned, one walk, three strikeouts. Really not a great outing, but first outing in a while, coming from a rehab assignment. Can't expect perfection, and I'm fine with seeing that. So that will come in a good time. I think that that will then move around our, completely around our order or our rotation. Um, If we get both. Herman and Sevi back. We have both of them back. Herman will be in the rotation. Sevi, of course, will be in the rotation. And that kicks um, Burrito into the pen. And then you'll have... Because that's what they did uh, against the Blue Jays, is they had Jimmy Cordero start. So Johnny Burrito can come from the pen, make it seem like a normal relief appearance, and then pitch from there. And he pitched pretty well. Pitched five innings from there. Um, And he did well there. So I think that that... It kind of locks in his status uh, of where Johnny Brito will end up. He pitched well for us a few times. I don't think starting was his job. Uh, he too too little of a pitch mix, I think, um, to be able to to lock in as a long term starter. But we have that perfect situation for him to be able to move in the pen, especially with Ian, Ian Hamilton being out. Just a good replacement. We're not gonna have to worry about falling back too much. Really won't have to worry about worrying on Ryan Weber to be there, which I enjoy. To continue through our injuries, uh, Giancarlo Stanton is quoted as being closer to a rehab assignment start um, from his hamstring injury a few weeks back. That is a huge, huge production from that. That is a huge step. That's what we need. I love to say um, that, you know, some of the people in our lineup need to go. Um, but I can't even say that all the time because because they've looked good. They've looked good at points. Uh, and, you know, so, sometimes that's just really all you can say is that, like, wow... I never thought they'd do this good. Oh, I'm blanking on his name again. Damn, damn. There we go. Um, you really never would have thought that you're going to go and see Willie Calhoun hit as well as he could have. I mean, you don't want him in the lineup normally, but right now he's batting 232. He has three home runs, eight RBIs, 16 hits. He's doing his part, I find. He's doing his part for Stanton, for being in, in the in the in – the, the tracks of Stanton 
You know, you're you're holding the position down uh, until Stanton comes around. We do need Stanton, though, and I'm not disappointed that we need Stanton and that he's coming back. Uh, but, you know, going and having days where you see Willie Calhoun in the lineup, um, you had we had days where it was Calhoun, Bowers, Cabrera, and you're just like, I'm looking at this lineup, and this is not a professional lineup in any sense. Um, so it's good to see Stanton come back. I think that'll really nail the coffin in our lineup, nail it back to where it can be um, and where it has that potential. Finally, oh, sorry, two more, I should say. Um, we saw Josh Donaldson have a, quote, minor setback, uh, slice his thumb while putting together something at home. Uh, he has a similar timetable to Stanton right now. It's good, bad, both. Couldn't tell you. Uh, I really, yeah, it's Josh Donaldson. We've talked enough about him, so I don't need to go back into it, but we saw a slight delay with him. St- another goes on the list of some of the stupidest things that somebody could get hurt for. Right on par of hurting your thumb, putting weights away. Finally, uh, instead of coming off the IL, we saw somebody going on the IL. Uh, crushing Jose Trevino gets put on the 10-day with a left hamstring, hamstring strain. Ben Rordvet, the legend, who does not exist, uh, gets called up from AAA, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre. Additionally, Tommy Canely commences the rehab assignment with single A Tampa. Canley's still a long way away, but another person with progress. Always good to see that. Finally, final Yankee thing, and Yankee Jason thing. Not injury related, quite the opposite, really. Most positive you can get to. Anthony Rizzo got named the American League Player of the Week through the week of seven games that he played all seven, 12 for 27. A double, three homers, three walks, and a one three one five OPS. That's what's really great. That's what you need from Rizzo. Rizzo will produce that for you. You know, he's going to hit his 30 home runs this year. Um, but, you know, that that's what we need, especially in the situation that I just spoke about. You know, we had a point where Jake Bowers was leading off. Willie Calhoun was DHing at like the four or five hole. Uh, and you need those players to step up who are the Rizzos and the Glabers, and the people who have who have been veterans. Uh, I mean, I can't talk m- too much about Harrison Bader. I mean, I want to talk about him today. We're going to talk about him next week. We're going to keep talking about him because his defense has been as electric as we trade him for, and his offense has been even more electric. But this is, this is a team where I think once we're fully healthy and once we all get on the same page, we're, we're a threat. And I mean, of course, I feel like everybody feels that way. But, you know, once, once we don't have to use these players who shouldn't be everydays, hate to say it, Oswaldo Cabrera has found himself to be an everyday player. Uh, I think he's good as a, you know, every other day. Uh, I think we've used Oswaldo right now at four different positions in the last five days, something like that, three out of the last four, something like that. I know he's played short. I know he's played left. I, I mean, he, he's been thrown everywhere. Uh, and I love love Waldo, but you know it, it's we've got to be able to have a team together that plays whole and plays positions they're supposed to play and all things like that. My first Yankee adjacent thing to get us out of the league 
is that Mr. Gary Sanchez, currently for the Mets, gets called up for the Mets and will be active when this comes out on Friday versus the Guardians. Good for Gary. I think it's a it's a situation that's getting pulled up. Um, pretty sure Nimmo's hurt, so Alvarez has been starting for them. Um, but you know, just a ability to, you know, give him another chance. We've spoken about him. He's a guy who has been really good as, you know, great offensive catcher. If he's on, doesn't have the defense to be every day, but. Hopefully, we'll keep a track of him. Maybe maybe he gets some appearances. It'll be great for him. Most of these things that I have left, uh, I will say these are the things that Lexi has sent me. Um, so I'm just going to go through all of Lexi's things before connecting them to my things. We're going to go back to injuries around the league before we get uh, to anything else. Manny Machado fractured his hand after getting hit, in, uh, after getting a hit by pitch. Um, in a similar but not similar note, um, Jose Altuve is looking like he's coming back soon um, from his hand injury. Kumar Rocker is getting Tommy John. This is something that has really seen like, you know, that we saw especially when DeGrom got called, uh, you know, signed with the Rangers. We're like, wow. This threat of, of rock, DeGrom, Rocker, and Lighter is going to be insane. Well, Rocker is hurt again. You know, this is something that happened when the Mets drafted him. There's an injury that they didn't want to deal with. Now he's getting Tommy John for them. And Lighter is, is pitching like shit right now uh, in the minors. His entire career in the minors, he currently has not been pitching very well. Uh, so so maybe it's a big question mark. Then again, both these guys are, are pretty young. I'm, I think Jack Leiter's 22. Uh, Kumar Rocker, I think, is 23 or something like that. Very similar ages. So there's a long way to go. But I, I think so far it's been a little disappointing from both of them. And finally, Cedric Mullins, Cedric Mullins hit for the cycle this past week and ended it probably the best way you could with the home run. Love that for Cedric Mullins. Somebody who played really well in 2020, I think got overlooked in 2021 a, a little bit, um, and now kind of shown himself back out. I'm really ready for it. And now to continue around the league for my things, I will say now, um, and try to connect as best as I can. Probably not, um, because I do have quite a lot to go through. Start off, I'm just going to go in the order that I have it saved. So the order that it happened in this past week. Zach Granke got 1,000 career strikeouts. Sorry, not 1,000 career strikeouts. 1,000 different batters struck out. Very different. 1,000 different batters struck out, which is a very specific thing, but is a very specific company. One of five pitchers to do it joining Roger Clemens, Greg Maddox, Randy Johnson, and Nolan Ryan. There's a fine line there of that club. That club is dexterity, length that you've played, but along with your ability to get strikeouts. It really is impressive for most of these, and I think especially now it's going to get a little easier beyond this, but 
for everybody until this point, it's very impressive. You're striking out a thousand different batters. Now we're getting into points where, you know, you see almost, you see probably, what, nine, you probably play eight, eight, you see like nine, ten batters a week for whatever the 20-something games. And it's like 250 batters. You could see at max 250 batters throughout a single year because you're playing so many different teams or crossing, you know, you're crossing leagues and things like that. I think a thousand will be hit. I feel like I did my math wrong there. 10, 25. Yeah, no, it's 250. Um, but I, I feel like it's, it's a possibility. It's a stronger possibility now that there's cross, you know, ALNL. You see every team. Of course you don't pitch against every team, but the ability to go and have a thousand strikeouts of very different batters will become a lot more common. Still great for Grank. He kind of did it before that fully took into effect here. Only a few weeks, uh, I guess a month and a, and a little bit into the new season with the cross league. To continue through, Josh Naylor went off for a little tear. He was the first player in the expansion era, so since 1961, to hit a go-ahead home run in the eighth inning or later in three straight games. That is impressive. Impressive that the Guardians have been down in the eighth inning three straight games. Impressive that he's been up three straight games in the eighth inning or later. Impressive that he homered in all those situations. That overall, impressive to me. Um, Cal Raleigh to stick with homers Cal Raleigh is the first catcher to homer from both sides of the plate in Fenway Park so in 112 years of Fenway Park existing he is the first catcher to homer from both sides of the plate which is interesting because I can't imagine there are many catchers in history who have been switch hitters we have two right now Cal Raleigh is a switch hitter Jonah Himes is a switch hitter very impressive that both of them are out there. Very impressive for Cal Raleigh. Love the big dumper. Nolan Arenado. I have him marked down as five straight games of the home run. And it ended with six homers in seven games for Nolan Arenado. This is a guy who was embarrassing two weeks ago. Somebody that people pointed out having a bad year. I think somebody said, I think there was a tweet. And it was like, who is the most disappointing player in baseball right now? And I saw plenty of people say Nolan. Nolan didn't, I, I would agree, Nolan didn't look like himself in the World Baseball Classic in the beginning of the year. He just wasn't hitting Nolan numbers. But this week has picked himself up and he has, I guess, grabbed everything that he's missed for the past few weeks. Uh, and six homers in seven games. I mean, that's that's crazy. And there's a ton of people along with that. Throughout those seven games, six homers, he hit his 1,000th career RBI. Another great thing for him. He, you know, absolute legend, of course, defensively, and his offense can't be looked over either. We have a lot of continuations on those home runs in a row. Luis Robert had four straight games with a homer. Ronald Acuna had three straight with a homer. Ronald Acuna has been popping off. I think Ronald Acuna is a high candidate for MVP right now. 
Uh, he's been absolutely tearing it up for the Braves. We saw, along with that 1,000 milestone for Arenado, we also just saw tonight, Thursday night, Freddie Freeman hit his 300th career. That happened to be a grand slam. Freddie Freeman's that guy. Don't know, don't know how much I need to say more about that. 300 is very impressive. Congrats to him. I don't have much left. And by the only things I have left are pretty fun things. So we're going to go and end up on a very lighthearted stat. Well, not lighthearted. It's a funny thing. We spoke about him earlier. I want to make sure I did. I did. He was number two in most different batters struck out, Mr. Randy Johnson. Zach Gallen did a Randy Johnson while warming up the other day. Warming up the outfield, he hit a bird. Killed the bird, sadly. But if you give me a nickel every time that a pitcher has killed a bird warming up, I'd have two nickels. Isn't a lot. But interesting that's happened twice. Nice little reference there. Uh, so, I mean, he was just warming up in the outfield. It wasn't Randy Johnson of throwing, you know, trying to throw 90 miles an hour to warm up and absolutely disintegrating a bird. He just hit the thing in midair, which is impressive again. Uh, and finally, my last thing that I have to, that I have was a combination of 83 years running to first base. It was the Pirates playing the Tigers Miguel Cabrera is up. Rich Hill is on the mound. Miguel Cabrera hits a grounder to first. It's got to be a pitcher play there. Pitcher's got to run over. So it's Rich Hill running to first with Miguel Cabrera running to first. That was, as I said, 83 years running to first base. 80 years and 40 MLB seasons racing to first base. That was the most interesting run for three seconds that I've ever seen. I was really into it. Uh, Rich Hill came up on top uh, and beat Miguel Cabrera in the base. And then they did a little stare off. I think they probably smiled at each other like, we are way too old for this shit. <laughs> but always a fun thing to see. Um, and he proceeded also, early in the game, Rich Hill struck out the first five batters he's seen. I want to stick with the Pirates real quick. He's done really good. Mitch Keller did really good in his second outing since he went the, the distance. Seen a lot of really good pitching. But anyways, really sh- pretty short episode. I speak fast when I'm talk when I'm alone. I really get through my points very quickly when I'm alone. But next week, Lexi hopefully should be here. I should be here. We'll have a longer episode for you. But until then, let's see Garrett Cole get a few more strikeouts, hit career number two thousand. But yeah, that'll be it for this week's episode. Interact with us on social media. Rate this, whatever, whatever. We'll see you next week. This has been the Pinstripe Podcast. Bye.